This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today because we're talking with a guest who's actually, <clears throat> be jealous folks, sitting poolside, um, but it, that's, that is part of what is is part of who she is. She's you know, and and, and I we'll let her explain that a little bit more. Um, but for those of us who are entrepreneurs, who are small business owners, wouldn't that be cool, really, to 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 just be able to live the life, to do what we want, and and be so successful as it and at it. And of course, we all define success differently. But to be able to be somewhere and sitting by a pool. Or, you know, um, on a mountain getting ready to read a book or, you know, all these various things and still be successful. I love this. We can hear the kids in the background from the pool. Um, But please join me in welcoming Leah Dunlap to our program today. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, Deb. And and yes, thank you for the acknowledgement of um, this amazing life. I'm really thrilled to be able to do this. And yeah, I, I... I spend a lot of time with my clients on that very, very thing. What, Wait. And I really appreciate that you said that, that success is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my goal is to find out what each of my clients' unique vision of success is and help them find it. Great. You know, and for some people, they would go, what? Sit by a pool? No. Um, you know, and, and actually, I'm not a pool person either. But you know, it, it, we all want to be successful enough so that we can then have time to do the things that we love. Um, you know, and, and I think that is the probably one of the biggest problems that small business owners and entrepreneurs face is, you know, I, I joke about this, we work 28 hours a day. And, you know, and, and we work ourselves into the ground. We forget, you know, that we had a passion for whatever it was that we were doing. And, and we just work and work and work. And then, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, we, we lose that passion along the way. So let me tell people a little bit about you before we really jump into this, because this will explain to everyone why we're going to be speaking with you. So intuitive life coach, master creator, speaker, and best-selling author, Leah Dunlap has over 20 years of experience helping people find their purpose, create lasting change, and make money. Once homeless, broke, and divorced, she struggled to find her place and share the Oracle's messages with the world. She downplayed her gift and continued working full-time corporate jobs to make ends meet. One fateful day, Leah received a divine download telling the specific steps needed to attract money, opportunities, and clients with ease. Today, she's helped thousands of clients across the globe and has helped many consistently make over $5,000 a month. So again, Leah, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Deb. Great. You know, and as I was researching you and and reading all about this, one of the things that I was, you know, that that really struck me was that you still have that little part in there called make money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many times we're told, oh, you know, when you're in touch with your purpose, and I'm putting that in my air quotes, and we're going to come back Mm -hmm. to that in a minute, (laughs) you know, all these various things, you know, you'll just feel like, you know, things will happen. And, and, and I'm saying that facetiously, obviously, and with my funny voice, but you know, we still have to make money. We still have bills to pay, you know, and, and all these various things. But as I mentioned in the start of the program, sometimes what gets lost is, is why we wanted to do it. So let's take a little bit of a step back. You know, I mentioned in the bio that you were homeless, broke, and divorced. And, you know, you have turned this around, obviously, to a business where you are in Costa Rica, of all places, poolside, as we mentioned, hence the the birds in the background, and doing what you truly love. So walk us through a little bit about your past and, and how you determined that this really was what you needed to be doing with your life. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. You know, the, the 
the moment that I speak of when I um, had turned things around for myself mm -hmm. um, truly came at that point where I was trying to live in both worlds. Like you said, I, I didn't believe that it was possible to do what I loved and make money. Mm -hmm. So I lived in that corporate world and I kind of straddled that fence, hiding the gifts that I was given mm -hmm. from those people I was working with while I was simultaneously trying to grow that business. And the great thing was I had the opportunity to help a lot of clients along the way, um, you know, find success, get married, have children, um, make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month and, and grow their businesses and live their lives on purpose. Mm -hmm. And at one particular fateful day, as I said, I um, actually I had what I call a two by four moment. Mm -hmm. where I was something driving. whacked you upside the head right? exactly right yeah mm -hmm. where I was uh where I was traveling uh to my my boss and my corporate job um in traffic and and um I live in uh Portland Oregon so mm -hmm. um we are close to Vancouver and we and uh, my my office was in Vancouver so there's rush hour traffic anybody mm -hmm. who lives in any large city knows what rush hour traffic's like well I decided that it was so important to keep a hold of this uh, you know, golden handcuff security of this job mm -hmm. that even though I thought I was having a heart attack, I got into rush hour traffic to go check in and let them know so I could go to the hospital. Right, right. And in that moment, <laughs> after, you know, going to the hospital and figuting out what, what was really going on you and I was home. The, <clears throat> yeah, I exactly, right? Like even the boss, when I showed up at his door, all pale faced and like, he's, what's wrong with you? And I said, I, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he said, why are you here? Uh -huh. um, you know, and, I, and then that resonated for me after I was recovering from what was going on, which thankfully wasn't a heart attack. And he texted me like, when you come back, I need you X, Y, Z in this text or this email. And I remember Not looking at the phone. how are you doing, right? Right, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I looked at the phone and I said, um, I'm not going back. <laughs> and I threw the phone across the room after I texted, I'm sorry, I'm not coming back. Right. And I was like, wow, okay, well, so what are we doing then, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, I finally decided, like, that was my time when I said, you know, if, if this is what it takes to be a wake-up call to you, that you really mm -hmm. have the opportunity to live this life that you're, you're allowing other people to live with the work that you're doing, mm -hmm. why not you? You know, and I think a lot of times clients will do that, especially the people that I work with, holistic practitioners and healers mm -hmm. and intuitive, you know, purpose-driven leaders, they, they're always looking to support and help their clients mm -hmm. live their best, fullest lives. But oftentimes we, as you said, we leave ourselves out of that mix, mm -hmm. right? And so it was my moment of stepping up and saying, why not me? Right. You know, like I'm helping all these people, why not me? And so what I did was I said, well, you know, the one thing I let my clients know is I, those are the moments when you have to take a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. and, and that leap of faith has to be, you know, 75% terrifying and and 25% exciting to think that once you do it, it's going to be the thing you really need to do, Right. you know? And so um, when I did that in that moment and, and texted him back that I wasn't coming back, I had to, I had to hustle. I had to move into what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And thankfully that took me on the trajectory of really launching my business and a, and a, and a solo practice at the time, working one-on-one -on -one with clients and um, in my little office in an area in Portland. And then, um, as I grew that business and started having uh, more of my retreats and my groups with people, um, it became clear that I kind of honed in on the clients that I wanted to work with um, and finished my book and all of these things kind of propelled forward from there. And, and, you know, yeah, you're right. Today, I'm actually in Costa Rica prepping for a eight-night, seven-day retreat with some VIP clients that are flying on all over the world mm -hmm. um, to come in and work and, and do their work in a place that it supports them honors them and gives them that fuel, not only to be on purpose, but to make money. Because I agree, I fully believe that one of the things missing is that alignment between the two things, that it is mm -hmm. purpose, perfectly, perfectly perfect, excuse me, and uh, purposeful to make money, making the world a better place. And mm -hmm. that, that's what my goal is. Right. You know, and so many times people who you know, are more, as you said, holistic, um, you know, the, the healers of the, and, and we're not speaking, you know, as an MD type of healer, um, the, the, the spiritual healers, people mm -hmm. like that. I, I would imagine many times you do think, well, I have to have a real job, um, you know, or worse, you're told you have to have 
that real job. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, I've, I've actually spoken with uh, a good friend of mine here in Atlanta. I interviewed her uh, not long ago on the program and she is a hypnotherapist. Um, so I, that jumped Ooh. out at me when, when that was in a uh, part of your bio. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I've talked with several people and I tell people, you know, it's, it's not on the, the program. It's not just how to do a website, how to do direct mail, how to do social media. But if you're, you, you obviously have to do those if you're, you know, going to be in business. You have to figure yeah. out how to do some of those things. But if things aren't right internally, then nothing's going to, to work. Um, you know, and, and I do mean that also from a, a true medical perspective. I mean, you know, if, if you're not healthy, high blood pressure, don't eat well, you know, all those various things, then you're going to struggle. But your soul, maybe for lack of that, of, of a different or a better word, that has to be what what really is there. And and I kind of mentioned it at the start that many small business owners, we've got that spark, that whatever, where we think, oh my gosh, this is what I have to do. And then that soul crushing comes about where we have to do invoices. We have to go get clients. We have to, you know, do all of these things that really weren't what we wanted to do. And so I love that you work with people to get them back to why is it that they want to do this? Exactly. And I think that that piece right there, what you just spoke of is, you know, when, when we are doing what we want to be doing, in mm-hmm. other words, what we're doing, what we're meant, what our calling is, if you mm-hmm. will, that, um, and that becomes its own reward. Mm-hmm. And we know that the more of those calls we have, the more people we can help. Right. And, you know, for me, I work a lot on mindset with my clients. So that's one of the things, you know, with my hypnotherapy background, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, I have tools in my toolbox to help people adjust some of those um, patterns and beliefs that get, keep them stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, what I like to call money blocks because we can all fall into some of those patterns. And mm-hmm. so when we, un- when we in- discover them, then we just take care of them. <laughs> it's like, let's right. just take care of them so that you can move forward. But that is something I hear commonly with clients is like, you know, I, I didn't get in this to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but if you wanted to, this to be a business that succeeds and that allows you to serve more people, this is part of being an entrepreneur right. versus doing something what we, you know, a lot of people will say like as a side gig, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you're right. Some of the security of knowing that somebody else is taking care of that typically in a job, you know, you don't have to think about all those pieces, mm-hmm. but the beauty of this is as your business grows and as I work with clients, we get to a place where, you get to a place where you can hire people to do right. those things for you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it allows you to help even more people. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a, to look at the benefit side of that is really a key. I think changing the mental, the mental construct of what it means and how you have to um, approach it. Right. You know, and it was funny because as I was reading through all of this, one of the things that struck me is, you know, what well, we mentioned at the start, success is defined differently by every person, just as what they do is defined differently by each person. Um, you know, I, I know I, I saw him at a networking event um, just earlier this week. Uh, you know, wonderful person here in Atlanta who does online advertising. Absolutely, totally loves it. I mean, he that is his passion. And helping people, you know, through that. It really is something he wants to do. And, and, you know, sometimes we look at things like that or, you know, somebody maybe is a service provider, you know, they're, oh, they're, oh, they're just cleaning carpets or, oh, they're painting or, you know, whatever. But if that is what they want to do and they get great pleasure out of it, then that's what they should be doing. Absolutely. I, I 110% agree with that statement. I think that that's, you know, one of those challenges, you know, one of the clients I'm working with right now, she has this phenomenal program that we've created and we're building together. And um, that's one of the things that she wants to help young people understand and, you know, recognize. It's like, just because those around you say the way to be successful is to become a doctor or a lawyer or this or that, Mm -hmm. that really to be truly successful in your own right, you need to find what makes you at, at peace the most and gives right. you the most joy. Right. And sometimes that is different, you know? And mm-hmm. so the, she's working with college students to figure out like, don't just take the path that everyone's putting in front of you, mm-hmm. choose it. Even if that is it, that's right. great, but choose mm-hmm. it so that it's for you and of you. And that will help you to be um, happier overall. Right. And also pr- entirely more successful. I mean, I, I've worked with, um, actually even one of my clients was a, a, a woman that was a house cleaner. And so she mm-hmm. actually grew her business when we worked together mm-hmm. and started having 
um, other cleaners underneath her because she really, what her joy was, which she found out, was when people walked into their homes and they were just so relaxed and at peace Mm -hmm. and that she could bring that with the work she did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's a housekeeper doing something that is, to me, making the world a better place because those people who come into their homes at night and feel like they can relax and they can Mm -hmm. be comfortable and they can bring people in or whatever it is, that that she's giving them that peace Mm -hmm. and that makes her happy. Right. I love that. So you know, your 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 tagline is the the oracle on purpose. What do you mean by that? Well, that's a good great great question. So um, I've I've been gifted. My my particular gift is that um, when I was fourteen years old, I found that I could actually um, receive divine downloads. I could see people's futures mm-hmm. and their past and their present, and I could see like direct paths for them to take for success for them for themselves. And mm-hmm. so I recognize that the one thing that I get from that interaction with the Oracle is that this is not um, to be used lightly. And in in fact, that her directions are always very much about them fulfilling their soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. So hence the Oracle on purpose, because that's what she's trying to do is bring people through me with messaging that she provides during our sessions Mm -hmm. to their next level, whatever that is. And that's what I really appreciate is that it's where all the work that I do um, is really tied into them finding their ultimate best. And mm-hmm. so the guidance that we get is very particular to that effect. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, yeah, the tagline became evident when I was just having a conversation with somebody about the work that I was doing. And actually it was like, you know, one of those light bulb moments when I'm like, I've got this gift on purpose. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, the Oracle is making sure that I right. provide this gift mm-hmm. on purpose. And there mm-hmm. we were. Yeah. Right. You know, and, other people would see things in in a different perspective. You know, they might think, well, I have the knowledge to be able to do this, all these various things, but it all ties in. I mean, it's, it's, it's all in using what you have to help others. And, you know, and, and so I love it when I get a talk with people who do that because it is, it is truly a gift. Um, and, you know, it, it's amazing that it happened when you were 14. What the heck was that like? <laughs> it, you know, it was one of those moments in my life where all the things up to that point kind of started to make sense because mm-hmm. the real the reality of it is I'd had the gift all right. along. It, it didn't just old. go poof. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. But what happened was I was old enough at 14 to recognize what had happened. I was mm-hmm. in my room. I had had a very bad breakup with my one of my first boyfriends and I was very upset and mm-hmm. um, crying. And, and all of a sudden I had the sense that someone was in my room. Mm-hmm. And I rolled over in my bed and sitting on my little, you know, student desk mm-hmm. in my room was a man sitting there in a, in a khaki pants and dark burgundy shirt, just very calmly staring at me. And I had this wash of calm and peace come over my entire body mm-hmm. and a knowledge that I was being protected. And mm-hmm. I was, um, I was, I was being cared for, but I was also meant to be here because right. at that moment in my life, I was feeling, um, and it was quite frankly, I was feeling suicidal. Mm-hmm. And um, right, because young that, love, at a, as a yeah. teenager, I mean, you know, that that is so incredibly serious. You know, we yes, we, you yes. Know, and and it is. It's you know, you think, oh my gosh, my world is over. Yes, yes, and that's where I was, and 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 it was like, no, this is this is not the end, and you're here on purpose. Mm-hmm. And again, that that voice of me being there on purpose came right through my mind, and. Mm-hmm. And then I just literally, everything left my body, all the fear and the tension and the distraught. And I mm-hmm. calmly rolled back over and went to sleep. And right before I was going back to sleep, I remember rolling back over, like almost just to check in. Like, mm-hmm. did that really just happen? Good night, yeah. John boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was gone. And mm-hmm. it was like plain as day. And I remember that all my life, I used to tell my parents there were people in my room. But they were telling me, of course, you know, it's just a dream. Go back mm-hmm. to bed. And so, but there at 14, I was like, nope, I know what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it was real. And um, as I opened to that, then the, the, the guidance and the downloads mm-hmm. were just instant. And so I was pulling in, I, I joke that at, at, you know, 14, we had these music rooms to practice in at school mm-hmm. and I would hold court and people would send people to me to ask me questions and uh-huh. get advice. You um, really were an oracle for them. I was, mm-hmm. I was. And so, yeah, so I used to just sit for, you know, the next three years in high school and mm-hmm. help people out and just continue to do so after mm-hmm. I got out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And and I find it so interesting that you knew you were not alone and that there was someone with you. Um, what I didn't share with you before we started the program is I have had some very major health issues in the last couple mm. of years. Um, and getting ready, well, by the time we will have recorded this, I will have had surgery number 12. Uh. Um, but you know, clearly still here. So, you know, um, but the, the when I go in for my procedures, you know, these serious operations, I always know that I have people that are there with me. Absolutely. Some of them, yeah, some of them are people who have passed away, but many are my friends and my associates. My, you know, and 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 it's it's always very interesting because I've told people I said it's like I have a bubble around mm-hmm. me, and you know, and I do distinctly remember one time, and it was one of the more serious surgeries. Right, one of my last thoughts before you know you go into La La Land was, mm-hmm. well, I can't die because all those people will be mad at me. But, you know, the fact that I knew I was never alone really, truly makes a difference when I go in. And it's, it's so interesting because I've had the, the nurses, the staff comment on, you know, you seem very calm or all these various things. And it, you're still nervous. I mean, you know, you're having a surgical procedure. But sure. just the fact that I was not alone really make the difference. And, and, and I know that when I tell some people that I get eye rolls and I get, (laughs) you know, and, and I, and it, part of me feels sorry that, you know, maybe they'll never have that, but, and is it all in my head? Maybe, maybe not, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, that's, you know, that's true. Like there was a nickname when I was younger, they used to call me my brothers, my family, honestly, Mm -hmm. to be fair, called me crazy Leah because I had all these insights and I, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, it, I didn't, it took a long time for me to kind of get into the comfort of that being like, okay, if that's what that takes, right? right? Yeah. You know, if that's what you need to do, mm-hmm. that's fine. Cause I know what I know. Mm-hmm. And I also, um, thankfully now after all these years have seen how much that knowledge has helped mm-hmm. people to validate, of course, but also to comfort. Right. Um, you know, I have had clients come to me when loved ones have passed and, um, been able to share, you know, it, share knowledge from, from their loved ones who've passed that mm-hmm. give them comfort and give them peace. And I, I, I'm very honored to do mm-hmm. that. I, that work and of all the work that I do is, is the most sacred and honored place for me. It's not mm-hmm. my, you know, it's not my, it's not my, uh, what, what do I say? It's not my, it's not my focus per right. se, mm-hmm. but I open to that if it, if it makes sense. And, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes, like you said, I'll have clients, I have one client who has 32 guides that shop, which I always say oh, when she comes to my office, I say, well, it's crowded in here room. today. Yeah. yeah, like it's crowded mm-hmm. in here today. But, you know, it's not always that way. And, and I agree with you that, you know, people can often misinterpret that. And, and everyone has their sense of intuition. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun to have conversations with people and, and get them to understand that even your own internal intuition is right. tapped into something bigger mm-hmm. than you. Right. Um, and other people just are, you know, I like to say that I, I kind of came in with a portal left open, <laughs> you know, so I, it's just stayed open this whole time. Um, but everybody could have access to it and mm-hmm. can tap into that place. So, um, yeah, I have clients on the whole spectrum. I have clients, I have a client that, you know, quote unquote, never believed in any of this woo woo stuff. And yet mm-hmm. she's one of my best clients and she loves working with the world. She'll ask me, what does the Oracle think about this mm-hmm. today? <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I think it, I think it comes to a place where you understand that you're not alone, that there is, something more divine happening in our mm-hmm. lives and that we have, we have every right, honestly, to tap into that and use that to be happier because we're meant to be here to thrive and to, right. to show up mm-hmm. as best we can. And if that's part of it, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and for many people, it is true religion that, that they are getting that from. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine also, or, Absolutely. you know, it could be just the people that are like, you know, grandma told me this and you're like, yeah. grandma died 10 years ago. I don't care. Grandma told me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's yeah, true, yeah. It's, and it, it, you mentioned something, and and it, I think it's it's so true. I think everybody kind of has that, but so many people push it away for whatever reason, um, you know. And and maybe being so sick, you know, you you were down on, you know, you were about as down on your luck as you could get. I was very very ill. Maybe that is what kind of opens up some of this to people. But um, but it is just very interesting. And so, I, but I suppose we should get back to business. <laughs> But, you know, so how do you work with someone? So say I were to come to you and say, you know, Leah, 
I've, I've been kind of struggling. What do I need to do? Now, obviously, I'm open to it, or I wouldn't be coming to you to start with. Correct. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what, walk people through the process if they were going to work with you. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's a very much, um, a, you know, a space to contain the, not only the gift of the divine downloads, but mm-hmm. also to allow the person to kind of explore their own thoughts and feelings right. about where they are. Because oftentimes they don't, you know, a lot of times one of the things that I, that are the first things I usually work with my clients on is they'll come in and they'll, they'll want to share their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story itself oftentimes circles around what they don't want, what they're unhappy with. Right. Um, and so, you know, the very first thing usually we can do in a very, one session alone is just redirect some of that mind patterning mm-hmm. to bring them back to what they do want. Because, you know, no matter what, whether you believe in the guides or not, um, knowing that what you're focusing your attention on is what you're drawing to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we just work on languaging, we work on patterning, mm-hmm. we work on what, you know, what your real true vision is for mm-hmm. your life and, and then having the container of knowing it's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that next piece is kind of what allows them to stretch a little bit into what they want to have, because we have to believe it's possible in order for us to take the steps it's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's our usual, that's kind of where we start. And then right. once we've figured out what, what the ultimate desire is, then it's about looking for, like I said before, some of those blocks that you might be having that are mm-hmm. either based on old beliefs or what I like to call sometimes just blatant lies that we've been telling ourselves for so long, mm-hmm. they've become beliefs. <laughs> and so we work through some of that. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox outside of the Oracle. I, as you mentioned, I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, so I have some tools there. I work, use a little NLP technique. I mean, basically, whatever it's going to take mm-hmm. to help my clients remove some of those blocks is what I'm focusing on right. and give them the freedom of choice mm-hmm. so that they can really start to create and and. Uh, manifest what they really do want to have in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting because I've had several guests on the program where we have talked about this and it's, it's things like you said, where, you know, we were always told and, and many times this has happened to women, you know, it's not, not universal, <laughs> certainly not, you know, not leaving the men out, but we're told we're not smart enough. Um, you know, I'm of the generation where it was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the tail end of baby boomer. So it wasn't quite as bad, but you know, it was the, you go to college and get your MRS degree and you could go be a teacher or a nurse. And I looked Mm -hmm. at it and said, but I'd like to be a lawyer. And they went, and then of course I would open my mouth and argue with them and then go, okay, well you might be a lawyer. Um, But you know, what society, what our family tells us, you know, and, and they're not necessarily doing it to be mean or to be nasty. Sometimes they're doing it to protect you. You know, they, they don't want you to get hurt. Um, yes. and, and so it's, well, you know, Leah, really, should you start your own business? You know, and, and, you know, things like this. And, 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 and they're not, you know, it's not that they're thinking you can't do it. It's that it's, it's hard and they don't want you to get hurt, you know, and, and all of these things. And so, you know, I love that that's part of the process that you're working through because we all have that baggage, you know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. those little voices are our own, you know, saying, well, I really can't do that. I'm not smart enough, not good enough, not talented enough, not whatever enough. Um, and, but it's there, you know, and, and, you know, one of the people that I interviewed uh, was, uh, he works a lot with athletes who, mm. you know, oh, they can get their head <laughs> in the wrong place really fast. Um, yes. You know, they miss that that pass. They miss that shot. Um, you know, all these various things. And then they're just, I mean, they're, they can't get their heads back out of that spot. Absolutely. And, you know, just even what you just said, is, I think it's really a, a key point, which is that when you know, originally, the original voice may have been someone else's, but I like to remind my clients, but today, you're the one right. who's saying those words to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that person is even probably perhaps, perhaps, like you said, even passed on, is mm-hmm. not even in your life anymore. And yet, the only person who's repeating that, that you know, thought is you. Right. So the beauty right. of that is you're in control, you're in mm-hmm. power, mm-hmm. you can change those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, one of the things I, I speak to in, in regards to when we when you're off track, because, you know, we're human, too. I like mm-hmm. that writer, but you're human, and um, part of humanity is learning. I said, so, you know, when we can take an attitude of no failure, only feedback, mm-hmm. then we can be lighter about those changes that we have right. to make. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to feel like um, such a disaster if you have a misstep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can take the moment and pause and look at it and say, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? You know, I believe that the universe is always for us, never against us and always on our side. Mm-hmm. It's always giving us opportunities one way or the other. So mm-hmm. when, when you have the sounding board, like someone like myself or another person, a guide or a trusted cons, you know, confidant that you can have these conversations with and say, I'm, I'm feeling these fears. I'm feeling these doubts. I have this frustration and they can give you the space to kind of work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that there is a solution and also something in it for you, then you can really use that. It can become fuel Mm -hmm. for your best success oftentimes. Right. And I think one of the things that we also have to remember is to to be supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's funny, just yesterday I was leaving my chiropractor's office and this woman was, was going in and she had the cutest little girl in the world. I mean, this little girl was three or four years old. She was just as cute as can be. And so I, of course, said, oh my gosh, aren't you cute? But then I, and this is something that I have deliberately started doing every single time I say something like this. You know, I say, oh my gosh, you're so cute. And then I say, but I bet you're really smart too. Mm -hmm. And the mom looked at me and went, thank you so much. And, you know, I mean, just little things like that, that, you know, when we're told we're cute, we're smart, all these various things, you know, what can we do to build people up as opposed to, you know, you, you, really you slam the door in my face, you know, whatever it is. But, but yeah, when I told that little girl she was smart, both she and her mom were just like, wow. And, and I thought, you know, that took me 20 seconds. What, you know, why is that so difficult? It's true. What, you know what, we can, we can take our life so seriously that we become, um, and I think that goes back to what I was saying with my clients when I check in with them. It's like, you know, when you start focusing on all the negative things, you miss opportunities like mm-hmm. that to be aware of the beauty that's everywhere around you. And for me, I talk about it in this form of gratitude work is about being aware. Mm-hmm. It's about looking around you and seeing how many amazing, beautiful things are happening, mm-hmm. how many opportunities there are to connect to the world around you. And I think that's a good sign of that, you know, indicating that part of that is acknowledging and, and honoring the beauty that is all around us. And, mm-hmm. and, and by beauty, as you were saying, I don't mean necessarily just physical beauty, but just the majesty even right. of, of every being, that there's something amazing about us all. Mm-hmm. And that when we can reach in and tap onto that, then we bring it forward. Mm-hmm. And you're right. What a great gift for that mother and that child to be acknowledged. It doesn't happen often enough, I think. Well, and I'm guessing a lot of people probably told her she was cute because she really was cute. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, when I said, you know, and, and, but I bet you're really smart too. It was just like, whoa, you know, and, and, and the funny thing is, I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't know if it was a little boy, what I would have mm-hmm. done. I mean, you know, you wouldn't say typically cute. Um, so I might've said, oh my, you're so, such a handsome young man or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I would have said you're, you're smart. And, yeah. and yeah, you know, I was like, I guess I need to think about that. Um, <laughs> and maybe it's more that that I think women need kind of that extra push, that extra support, whatever it is. Um, you know, because we're not told you're really smart, right? You know, or or if you are, it's that you're not cute, so it's a good thing you're smart. Um, those type of things. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it, again that just goes back to lining to all the pieces of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And honoring them. And yes, I, I work with a lot of women. It's probably the majority of the clients that I work with are women. And a lot of those blocks come up from that, that patterning of, mm-hmm. of stepping outside of con- conventional, even less, less conventional these days than probably back, like you were saying, in the past. But still, mm-hmm. there's still conventions. And, mm-hmm. and they're passed on. They're passed on from generation to generation. It's still about stepping into that power and saying, right. what, do I, what do I want this to look mm-hmm. like for me? Not, mm-hmm. not because or against, but because I know inside of myself, it's what I would be best at. And like mm-hmm. you said, you know, maybe you would have been best at a, as a lawyer. That, like, to know that inside of yourself and have somebody hold the space for you to go, okay, if that's what you want, mm-hmm. or if you want to be a housewife, that's right. great too, if right. that's what you really want. Mm-hmm. And just to know that you get to choose. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, One of the things that drives me nuts is if somebody says, I'm just a housewife. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's one of those things where, or, you know, or a lesser something, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. a nurse, you know, I, I see a lot of medical people in my, you know, I'm, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 just. <laughs> yeah, you know? so true, so true. It, yeah, they just, uh, th- that's what I, I, I often joke that um, sometimes in my office, I become the language police mm-hmm. and I'll just right. say, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. And we're mm-hmm. going to back up. We're going to try that again without 
like you said, all of these, all of these disclaimers. Right. I was just thinking disclaimers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, or excuses, you know, I, right. I can't do that because, um, you know, and, and all these various things. I you know, was at a, a thing the other day where somebody was saying he was the first person in his family to graduate from college. Um, you know, and, and, and that was phenomenal, but can you imagine all of the negatives that had been lined up behind him? Um, you know, whether it was, you know, well, we have always been, you know, maybe they own, you know, maybe they were mechanics, you know, and, and, you know, and it was a family business, you know, whatever it is, you know, all those various things, but he stepped outside that. And, and of course they're extremely proud of him. That was one of the things that he said um, was, you know, but, but he got out of that. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, it's not that that was a negative. I mean, that was, if that was what was making everybody else in his family thrive, then that was great for them. But he recognized that in order for him to thrive, he needed to get out. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you know, you can also just turn that coin right back on its head too and say, what if everybody was lawyers mm-hmm. and he wanted to be a mechanic? Right. You know? <laughs> and, and, and how long could we go suffering down a road before we recognize that you could be the world's best mechanic? Right. And the world's worst lawyer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you have to decide for yourself, like, what are, what are those voices and what are you going to follow and mm-hmm. how do you stand in your own sense? And what mm-hmm. I call, you know, for my clients, I always, the term I've used is unique life purpose. Like there's mm-hmm. something inside of you that's just yours mm-hmm. and it's meant to be brought through you. Right. And I like to say life doesn't happen to you. It happens through you. So mm-hmm. the more you open up to that, the clearer your path becomes. Mm-hmm. Right. And for some people, it is in volunteering and doing other things, you know, they, they might have their nine to five job and that's great, but what they, they, you know, what really makes their soul sing or whatever we want to is, is maybe their volunteer world, you know, whatever it is, uh, it comes back to what we were saying. Success is different for every single person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is about balance. It's fine. You know, and then we, that word gets overused sometimes now. And I always say it's like, life balance. Oh yeah. It's like, no, I think it's, it's, it's internalized balance. It's not mm-hmm. about so much of this and so much of that. It's mm-hmm. moment by moment knowing that you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing in the moment and, right. and to your fullest. And, mm-hmm. and that can look, like we said, that can look different for everybody. And I have clients like across the board are doing amazing and different things in all different ways. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy to see them shining in their fullest potential for themselves, not for anybody else. And also in recognizing that things could change, you know, what, what is working for me today might not work for me next year, um, you know, and, and so to realize, oh, okay, you know, and, and, and it's funny because I think people sometimes get forced into doing things like that. And I'm using that word kind of tongue in cheek where, you know, maybe it was they were just the housewife, but then their kids went to school. And they have mm-hmm. this time, you know, and then they became empty nesters. Maybe they, you know, be, maybe they were widowed or were divorced, you know, all these various things, you know, retired, you know, and, and so your life makes these changes. And then the problem is what the heck do you do? And that's, I think, where so many people get stuck is the what's next type of, of, of conversation. True, true. I call it in my work, I call those corporate expats. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that. Right. There's that moment where, oh, wait, I'm, you know, for whatever reason, and especially when I, when I um, opened my office at the, you know, and I, and I um, started having clients that were right after 9-11, that mm-hmm. everything, you know, this shifted and everybody kind of went through a period where they were all looking and reinventing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so many people didn't, like you said, didn't choose that. It just mm-hmm. was brought upon them. So right. there was that place where you get to a point where you have to decide. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, what's really beautiful is when you, when you can, when you can look at that, not as if that this is a tragedy per se, but an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and even if that means that you go back to doing similar work, mm-hmm. you go back with a renewed sense of purpose about right. it. And you understand that you you've chosen it. And now, it, you know, even if you've chosen it again, it's even better the mm-hmm. second time because you've made that choice consciously, as you were saying, instead of just kind of being in a place that you've been there all the time and then something mm-hmm. changes and you're like, oh, uh, now what? You know, right. and so the now what to me is always like, well, let's talk about now what. Let's mm-hmm. give room to decide if it's about going back, if it's about something similar, mm-hmm. or if it's about something completely different. Because mm-hmm. maybe the world is just opening up to give you one chance to do this thing that you've been waiting to do i.e. that, you know, that stay-at-home mom that suddenly looks around and goes, you know, I've always wanted to paint, 
mm-hmm. or I've always wanted to, you know, travel the world or whatever mm-hmm. that thing is and say, well, great, let's find a way. Mm-hmm. I like to say, let's make an exit plan right. and find, find the way to that next vision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, at the start of the program, we, we kind of laughed about the fact that, you know, we, you are also about making money, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and it is. I mean, you know, we, let's, we, we laugh and joke about it, but we have to be serious about that. But, you know, then we have the people who are very wealthy. And, you know, and, and they have, you know, they've, they've, you know, in, they've, they've accumulated a lot, whether it was, you know, through their own hard work, whether they inherited, whatever, you know, they, they have all of this money. Can they still be a good person and, and help people? Well, the easy answer is, of course, yes, absolutely. And I think that the, the kicker for that really becomes if they're happy. Mm-hmm. Right, because right. happy people, like if they're inherently happy with a what they're doing mm-hmm. and b the the contribution they're making, then they're going to generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, be able to kind of create a space where people around them will recognize them for that mm-hmm. that joy, that true solid sense of themselves that mm-hmm. gives them not only the um, wherewithal, obviously, financially to, to be to do good work, mm-hmm. but the desire, the, iner- the inherent, or excuse me, the in- internal desire mm-hmm. to do good no matter what. And I would say that a lot of those people then have always been that way, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just a matter of magnifying that and giving that more space and mm-hmm. perhaps more funding to do more things. But ultimately, I think the, the beauty of that is that um, – there can be a misconception mm-hmm. that the more people make, and especially with money, because that's one of those hot buttons, that somehow that takes away from um, in relationship to like people that are that are of healing nature and things mm-hmm. like that, that that somehow takes away from their holiness, right. which I like to say, right? It's mm-hmm. Somehow it, it, it degrades it. And yet, if, if their true mission and their true work is still a part of who they are on a day-to-day basis. And, that, and that, to me, it only magnifies it. It only allows mm-hmm. it to go um, out and reach more people. Right. You know, and, and it's interesting when we look at the, the wealthy people and, um, you know, and, and everybody's definition of wealth is a little bit different. Um, we've been watching the, the miniseries uh, Trust, which is about mm. the Getty family. Uh-huh. And, I mean, wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. I mean, you know, that's the, they, Guinness, you know, I think one of the things they said was Guinness would say that by any standard, he was the wealthiest person in the world. You know, if, if you took his money that he had then and transferred it to what it would amount to now, he would still be wealthy, you know, all these various things. And he was not a happy person. I mean, you know, that was, mm. that was the thing that, right now, granted, this is, you know, this is TV, this was fiction, all these various things. And when his kids said, I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. You know that way he was obviously very surprised, but then he was hurt, you know, and and all these things. But it was it was interesting to see that, and we see that with other people too, you know, where they have all this money, but they still do good. Um, you know, uh, um, Richard Branson would be an example. Yes, Oprah, definitely you know, people like that. Unfortunately, then you know, if something happens, it it tends to get magnified. You know, I'm thinking about Elon Musk when he sent the, um, the, that little submarine over to, to try and help the, those boys that were stranded in Thailand. And, it, you know, people were saying, sorry, this was just a publicity stunt. Um, you know, he, he had, his technology would not have worked. He was just trying to get his name in the paper, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then he, unfortunately, went to Twitter and attacked those people. You know, he should have just let it go. But, you know, that was, you know, and, and all these various things. And But I think that is probably one of the things is when someone has that wealth, not only do we expect that they're going to be yeah. a certain way, sometimes we're looking for ways to, to knock them off that pedestal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, unfortunately, again, that kind of becomes one of those, not only preconceived notions, but it's kind of like a... Um, the thing I would say is it's almost a bit of the universal mind, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a universal belief, like you said. So, so it's kind of like the thought that it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to poke holes at it right. to really test that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that still then again comes back into, if we kind of were to turn that lens back towards ourselves mm-hmm. and say, what is it about 
wealth, about money. And like I talked about earlier, like where, where is my money block around right. this? Because what it really to me shows is it's like, that's about, that's more about your discomfort mm-hmm. with the idea of what money does and is and how it can be used in your world mm-hmm. than it is about Elon Musk or anyone else. It's right. really kind of has to come back to say, there's a belief in there that mm-hmm. is causing you to feel as if mm-hmm. this must be true. Right. And yet, if we take the belief away and you just look at the situation um, and you ask yourself, well, where is the harm in him doing this mm-hmm. or where is the benefit in doing this? And you let it be what it is, then you don't have that kind of negative reaction. Um, and many people who are in that phase of understanding that we, you know, we, we get to choose how we perceive the world around us, then we get to look at that too and look at ourselves and say, what, at what point was this pushing my own personal button, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, there are people that probably out there, you're right, who have lots of money, um, who, who don't take advantage of the opportunity to do great things with it. And there are people who do, and some maybe be missteps. There might be some missteps around that, but ultimately um, the choice to do good, I think comes from within no matter what, whether you're, whether you are the street sweeper or the CEO of a mega million dollar business. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it does, as you said, it does come back to our perceptions of it. And you know, one of the things that, that I see, uh, especially with entrepreneurs and small business owners, is they kind of have this fear of success. You know, the, the what happens if, um, you know, and, and so they, in a lot of ways, they limit themselves. And, and it's always kind of interesting to watch that where, you know, they will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have a, a, a high price because I might have too many clients. Well, I'm sorry, you can always turn people away. <laughs> you know? And but but it is, you know, they, they do kind of have that fear of success. And and so do you see that people have that? I you know, I think that's probably one of the top ten things that I work with clients around. And it's and it can be so sneaky, you know. <laughs> it can seem like it's not, and then we start talking deeper about what's really going on. And whenever we talk about pricing, which I do a lot with my clients. We talk about what those numbers represent mm-hmm. and what they mean. And in fact, you know, it, it, as you just said, you know, that the idea when they get to the place where they're, they're nervous about the, the outcome of their success, mm-hmm. then when you start to look at that, like, what does that mean to you? What do you, again, go back to what do you really want? And, right. Um, and look for it's areas where the old, I'm not worthy type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's usually, ultimately I say that comes back to worthiness and, mm-hmm. and talking about um, your right to be here exactly as you are. As I said, you know, what is your unique life purpose that, that mm-hmm. you're meant to be here to serve in this way, then whatever it takes to make that happen is what, is what it takes. Mm-hmm. And, and if that means that your pricing needs to be at a certain level so mm-hmm. that you can attract certain level clients and, that's the work to be done ahead of you. And for some clients, it doesn't take much for them to rec- just even recognizing that it comes back to worthiness is kind of enough for them to go, okay, I get why I'm uncomfortable about this. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, there's a lot more layers to that. And so we have to walk through that together. And that's what I'm there to do is help mm-hmm. them support through them through the process. But, you know, I had a client the other day, it was pretty amazing, who actually, and I don't typically do this, but <laughs> who actually told not to charge as much as he had mentioned, because mm-hmm. I said, I don't believe you. <laughs> you know, there's not an alignment with that word. When, when we talked, we set his pricing and we were at one point um, for a certain amount of sessions with his package. And, and then a few seconds later, there's this pause and we were on the phone. So I thought for a second, um, I lost him. You know, I thought I disconnected because mm-hmm. right. I work with clients all over the place. So we have phone. Yeah. We have zoom calls and phone calls. So I was like, um, are you there? And he said, yes. I like, I'm thinking, I think I want to change the price. And I said, mm-hmm. Oh, um, and so he said, I think I want to charge, uh, well, so we were originally talking about, uh, I think it was uh, $1,497 for this small package of um, sessions with him. Mm-hmm. And so his next price was $59.97. I said, well, wait a second. Wow. I said, I'm <laughs> okay. right. So I said, okay, well, I'm like, I'm curious. <laughs> tell yeah. me, tell me more about where that number comes from. Mm-hmm. And what we came to find out after we did a little discussion back and forth, we did some work together was ultimately it was the fear of it was the fear of success and it was also the fear of having a, 
uncomfortable conversation about pricing period mm-hmm. right so it's that worthiness thing kind of like again it's sneaky right it comes up from mm-hmm. the, behind him which was if he asked for the 59.97 he only had to do that a few times versus asking five times as many times right for the 1497 mm-hmm. right so it's like i only have to have three conversations instead of mm-hmm. 10 conversations mm-hmm. and i was like yes but it's the same conversation right mm-hmm. so we're all just going back to you need to be aligned you need to know that that the pricing you're setting is that it's worth it and that you feel inside of yourself that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so we ultimately came back down to the reg- the first price. And I got to say, probably, I can't even imagine anybody else lately that I've ever said, no, I don't want you to charge that much money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and only because it's like, we could get there, you know, we could, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could grow to that place. But right now, if you were to ask for that, you won't get it. Not because right. it's, it's not worth it, because you don't believe it's worth it mm-hmm. and right. so you're fighting against yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then that becomes the self-sabotage that leaves you feeling like you're not a success when that's not true at all mm-hmm. so when you're working with people is there kind of a, a number one mistake that they make regarding pricing their products and services yes and that that's the next piece here and that kind of ties into that story is you know especially like i said mentioned before i work with a lot of corporate expats and people that have had other typical jobs and mm-hmm. then they become entrepreneurs and the number one pricing kind of across the board that I see is they charge, they go into an hourly pricing rate mm. and they think about, Oh, well I made X amount of dollars per hour previously mm-hmm. and I want to make X amount of dollars per hour now. Mm-hmm. And I that's what to we're told. Them, Figure out. Right. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, but that's where they start. Mm-hmm. And I say, but the difference now is you're not an employee anymore. Mm-hmm. You're a business owner. Mm-hmm. And with business ownership, you know, if you're going to be a serious business, then you're going to have a, a business expenses mm-hmm. that come with that. It could be the office, could be the technology, could be the websites, could be the, you know, all these things. And that's part of what it costs to run your business. Mm-hmm. And it's part of what it costs to run, to provide your service. So whether mm-hmm. you're the person who's the service where you actually do provide a service, all of these factors need to be brought into the picture before mm-hmm. you actually create a successful pricing package. And so that's part of that thing that I all like constantly have to have conversations about. It's like mm-hmm. we have to stop thinking as if we're employees. And mm-hmm. then I say, it's just kind of nice because as you mentioned, I say that they might be after we figure all of that out, the next question is, how much do you want to pay your top earning employee? Mm-hmm. And there's always like this little, what? And I'm like, you, you yeah, are your you. top earning employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So it's like now that we've figured out what it costs to run your business, mm-hmm. then we can talk about what you want to pay your top earning employee. And then we start from the annual and we work our way back. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a different setup. But so often clients who haven't come to someone like me just take that dollar figure mm-hmm. and they end up suffering. And that's why a lot of businesses, I, you know, in my opinion, in that you know initial year to two years are still struggling and you know i've heard them say like well i've heard it can take five years to make money i'm like you can make money tomorrow if you Mm -hmm. set yourself up right Mm -hmm. right so well and you know they look at their competitors (laughs) and they say well they've been in business 20 years and they charge 200 dollars. i've been in business a year (laughs) there's no way i can charge that you know, and, and I, that's one of the things that I see so many people make the mistakes with is they undervalue themselves. And, and, and I'll be honest, I typically see women undervaluing themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, you know, and, and part of it, we want to please, you know, all these yes. women. But we look. We, we want at, people to like us, yes, Deb. We want people like to like me, us. Really, really yes, like yes. Um, and so, you know, but we we think well. Back to that that word, we're not worthy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I love that um, to to be able to step back and say, okay, what is it that I really need to do? And, and you know, yeah, you have your competitors in mind. You know, you have to, but sure. it, it, they're just a small little piece. You know, and it, because it's it's about you, you know, especially if you are the business, the product, the service, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a, you know, it, it comes down to you and what what are you worth? Um, and almost always, it's more than you think it is. <laughs> I would say that's 100% true. Mm-hmm. And I think the other caveat there is that it's about the results you provide and what they're worth to mm-hmm. your clients. Right. Because that's that next kind of magic mm-hmm. piece oh, yes. and that's a little extra bonus, but mm-hmm. that's that's the other piece after we do all of this is like, you know, imagine that this client has now gotten the success because of your service or product. Mm-hmm. 
how much is that worth to them to have that result? Because right. mm-hmm. that has to play into the, the pricing as well. And these mm-hmm. are all pieces of it that oftentimes when people start out, they don't think about. And it's yeah. not in their mindset because, of course, you know, having come from perhaps a, you know, nine to five, what have you job, mm-hmm. that, that, that the focus is really how much do I make an hour? How many weeks of vacation do I get? Do you cover my insurance? You know, it's like those are questions that, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, holy cow, Leah, we only have about five minutes left. As I mentioned at the start of the program, you are actually in Costa Rica. And so tell us why you're there, because it's it's very cool, the reason that you're there. Yes. So I'm actually here to do my second um, this year, uh, Master Creators Alchemy Retreat. Mm-hmm. It is a retreat that is focused for um, my VIP clients that I work with for a year. Mm-hmm. And what we do here is we practice a lot of planning, um, a lot of spaciousness for kind of creating intentions uh, and plans for the next year ahead mm-hmm. or at least the next six months and uh, as well as learning how to live the lifestyle that they're mm-hmm. trying to achieve so it's an opportunity for them to kind of come embrace where they want to be um, and have the room and spaciousness to step away from the day-to-day life and as mm-hmm. you said you know some of them can be very busy entrepreneurs who are working you know 14, 26 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, there's there's not work like that, but there's work of planning and vision work and getting back in touch with what I like to say is the source. So mm-hmm. being in nature is a huge part of it, which is why we're here in Costa Rica. Right. Um, we don't sit inside of uh, conference rooms. We actually are probably going to meet at this particular location on the beach mm-hmm. <laughs> for our workshops. And then we actually have a lot of activities and room for exploring and connecting with nature and um, taking the time to do some one-on-ones with me on, on really deciding what their plans for the visions for their future and their businesses and companies are. And then um, we have time afterwards for about six months where we meet, check in, do a little bit of accountability um, and help keep them on track with that as well. Mm-hmm. And then these clients in particular um, for the next year will be working with me every day, or excuse me, every day, every month um, mm-hmm. until they're 12 months up. And they'll, this is a part of that program. So this is, included in that in that um what i call my master creators premier wow. um, program i love yes. it well now for those who might not have the pocketbooks to be able to do <laughs> that what other programs do you provide yes so i do have um some online programs that are available for people that are that are not here yet that will help them get here which is the intention mm-hmm. so um i have my master creators um, academy online mm-hmm. and the master creators academy allows people to really take the tools that I teach here in these workshops and alongside with my clients, you know, I've become kind of their partner. So this is me taking that same knowledge. It's, it's in video format. Um, and it's um, a great opportunity because it is something you can jump in at any time, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's an unlimited lifetime access to that program. Wow. It's only 1997. Mm-hmm. So you can purchase that and then use it you know, kind of at your own pace. Mm -hmm. And the goal, of course, is by the time of the 13 modules that are up, Mm -hmm. you should have up-leveled your business to a place where you can either do one-on-one work with me or perhaps even be at the point where you can actually participate in the Mm -hmm. Premier program. Right. You know, and for people who are going, but I don't have time for that, (laughs) you know, we need to take the time. You know, we, we, we take the time to do other things that make us successful, you know, whether it's that we get a degree or even we just okay, you know, read a book or whatever. If you don't take the time to do these things, then you're, you're not going to be successful. Absolutely. It's, it's key to realize that this is an investment in the future that you're wanting for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we spend a lot of time, I think, planning vacations to get away from the jobs we don't like. But what if we spent that much time planning on creating a lifestyle that we do want? Right, right. I love it. Well, and I do have to wonder if, you know, everybody is just wondering what the heck you're talking to yourself about for the last hour. Um, But, you know, it, it is about getting that lifestyle that we want, um, you know, and, and a, whatever we envision that as. I mean, for some people, that's to be able to go and watch their kids play soccer and not have to worry about, you know, the, the things going on in, in their business. You know, whatever it is, it is about finding that and creating that. So how do they connect with you and, and find you online? 
Well, the best way to find me online is to go to my website, which is oracleonpurpose.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on Facebook, which is another common one, which also always has all my events. Perfect. And that's um, Facebook slash Coach Leah Dunlap, the mm-hmm. Oracle on Purpose. I love it. I love it. Well, Leah, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm jealous because, you know, you're <laughs> poolside and it's like getting ready to rain here in Atlanta. Um, but, you know, it, it really is has been a delight speaking with you. Can't wait to talk with you again to hear more about the things that you do. Um, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating time talking with Leah Dunlop, the Oracle on Purpose. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.